okay? Hey, if you have your Bibles this morning, you can turn to Genesis chapter 4. Genesis chapter 4, we're in a series entitled Christmas at Hope City Church, okay? Christmas at Hope City. And this morning, I want to talk to you about supernatural generosity, supernatural generosity. This is a powerful, uh, powerful testimony of what God does and what God can do in our hearts and in our lives, amen. So Genesis chapter 4 and verse 1 in the word of God. Now Adam had sexual relations with his wife Eve and she became pregnant. When she gave birth to Cain, she said, with the Lord's help, I've produced a man. Later she gave birth to his brother and named him Abel. And when they grew up, Abel became a shepherd while Cain cultivated the ground. When it was time for the harvest, Cain presented some of his crops, everybody say some, as a gift to the Lord, as a gift to the Lord. Abel also brought a gift, watch this, verse 4, the best of the firstborn lambs from his flock. The Lord accepted Abel and his gift, but he did not accept Cain and his gift. And this made Cain very angry, and he looked dejected. Why are you so angry, the Lord asked Cain. Why do you look so dejected? You'll be accepted if you do what is right. But if you refuse to do what is right, then watch out. Sin is crouching at the door, eager to control you. But you, everybody say you, says you must subdue it and be its master. Okay, so for all of you note takers this morning, point number one. Offering God our first and our very best, okay? Their gifts, both of them brought a gift unto God. And it's important to bring gifts unto God. Somebody say a good amen right there. It's important to do so, all right? But it was their heart that God was looking at. It's important to have the right heart when giving. Each of us, when bringing a gift unto God in the form of an offering, or returning to him the tithe, or giving of our time, or our talent, can take on a very dangerous and destructive attitude. Amen. And the right spirit is so imperative to be in right standing before God. Have you ever told your child, one of your kids, or somebody, they say, hey, will you take me to these different places? Maybe you go shopping, and you're just kind of begrudgingly doing it. Okay, you just kind of show up like, let's go, let's hustle, let's get to it let's finalize what we're trying to do you do it anyways you 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 give the gift okay you're giving them the gift of your time or you're giving them the gift of uh, of the the situation there but you're not doing it with a whole heart can you hear what I'm saying to you Amen, you're not doing it with a whole heart. You're not doing it with the right spirit, amen. And so each of us, we do things at times to please those around and about us. We wanna please our friends or our family members. Or we do things that we might uh, wanna try to satisfy a culture or punch our religious duty clocks, but it's God, the scripture says, he weighs the heart. And as a manager, or as a manager or as a trustee, a steward of God and God's things, amen, I wish to live my life according to his word, according to his order, and according to his standard, that is our measuring apparatus. Somebody say a good amen right there. If I choose to measure in any other way, 
I'm measuring with the wrong standards and I'll never live up to the integrity and the purity that I can have in Jesus Christ. Now scripture teaches in, as I'm giving, as I'm serving God's kingdom, as I'm working for God's kingdom and I'm ministering around and about that, it's God's job to rebuke the devil. It's God's job to rebuke the devourer for our sakes, but it's my job to faithfully give. Amen. Amen. It's my job to faithfully give. It's my job to faithfully and committedly serve God's kingdom and be engaged and be involved. Now, I don't know about you, but every now and again, I remind the devil, amen, what God has promised me. Amen. I remind him and I just let him know, hey, listen, God's already promised me some things and he's already spoken to me about some things. And as a child of God, God, the scripture says, will rebuke the devil and everything that would try to devour my resources. Amen. Why? Because my promise is from God. Amen. And, to, and God then is obligated by his very word to open. God is obligated to pour out. God is obligated to bless. And God is obligated to guard my resources when I give. Somebody say a good amen right here. Now look at point number two. We're talking about a supernatural generosity. We're talking about living in a space that is, that is, that is overwhelming to the kingdom of God. Or living in a space that we're, we're, we live in a, a generous space with our lives. Look at the very first step here that God does for each and every one of us. God gave to us his son. He gave us his first. He gave us his only. He gave us his very best. Amen. The very best of heaven. The very best in all of creation in Jesus Christ. There was no other gift that God could have given to pacify sin, to destroy its hold on mankind, or to dismantle the enemy's work besides Jesus Christ. And no other sacrificial gift could pay mankind's debt in full. I hear a lot of people talk about what they're going to give or I talk about God today and what they may or may not give to him or give to his purposes. And I get very concerned because our giving is to God and not to any man. And our giving is not to any movement. Somebody say a good amen right there. When I give. Amen. When I give, let's say I come in and I give an offering to Hope City Church or I come in and I give a missions offering to the veterans or whatever it is that I'm doing, I'm giving that unto God. And God is able to utilize that resource to bless his kingdom and to further his kingdom. Amen. And, and as we see this, we, we understand that. We, we understand that our tithe, as we give our tithe, it's designated for God's use. Amen. Then my giving or my offerings, watch this, designated for God's use, right? My time is offered unto God, and I'm to, and I'm I'm there for Him to utilize me. So I, I I come in and I say, hey, I come in and somebody says, hey, do you want to help me set up chairs? Not really. Hello, you want to help me readjust the chairs again? Okay, we're like not really, but I'll do it. Okay, we're giving begrudgingly. Am I making sense? God wants us to give in sincerity. God wants us to give in boldness. He wants us to give in truth. Amen. And, and, and as I offer my time unto God, I'm his to utilize. I say to God, God, how can I serve? What can I do? How can I serve those around and about me? How can I serve my neighbors? How can I give? How can I love on them? And God has gifted each of us with talent. God has gifted each of us with purpose. Have you faithfully surrendered that unto him? Amen. I know a lot of people who give their job 100%. 
They give their family leftovers. I'm preaching a little better than you're letting on this morning. I know you're, I know you're being real quiet, but I know a lot of people, they, they give their job 100%. They're there a little early. They stay a little late. They get home. They don't want to give their wife or kids anything. Amen. God needs us to be faithful in all of our giving. I know a lot of people who give their family 100% and their job leftovers. God says that a man is going to be blessed, okay, by the work of his hands. So we ought to have a good, we ought to have a job and we ought to have a good job. Amen. And in that job and in that space, we ought to be asking God, God, how can I represent you on the job? Am I making sense? This is good stuff right here. I know a lot of people who give their hobbies 100%, but they give God leftovers. Hello. Amen. We don't want to be those people. So we asked the question this morning. I'm asking you the question this morning. Are you using your talent? Are you giving your purpose unto God's kingdom 100%? Amen. And God, think about this. God has given us his son. He's given us healing. God has given us encouragement. God has given us salvation. God has given us life and he's given us joy. God has given to us the very breath that we breathe and the very ground that we walk on. The scripture teaches that he flung the stars into the sky and he calls each of them by name. We're talking about God. He's a pretty big God. Amen. I, I, I understand this and I see this, how God in Scripture, he formed the mountains with his hand. He carved the rivers with his fingers and the clouds, the Scripture says, are the dust of his feet. Surely he can handle my needs. Amen. God gave me 206 bones to hold up my body, to hold up my structure. He gave me a heart and he gave me veins to pump blood through my system. He gave me muscles to help me make every move that I could ever dream of. He gave me a brain. And I know what some of you are thinking. He shortchanged you. Regardless, God gave me a brain to be able to make solid, sound, and well thought out decisions, amen. And his greatest gift, his one and only son died and shed his life-giving blood for all of mankind. Think about this, God didn't withhold his gifts. He gave to us, he gave them to us. God gave first and God gave with supernatural generosity, amen. If God is our example, Christ is our example, then we also should give. Somebody say a good amen. Point number three, as you turn to Matthew chapter six, point number three, life is more, life is more. L look at this verse, verse 24, uh, look at these verses of scripture, Matthew chapter six, verse 24. The scripture says, no one can serve two masters, for you will hate one and love the other. You'll be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. That is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life. Amen? Anybody ever worry about everyday life? You don't have to raise your hand. I'll be honest for us, okay? Thank you, Diane. God bless you. I see that hand. Anybody else? All right. There's a few of us, okay? I worry about everyday life. I worry about things. I worry, what, what are my kids doing right now? 
Are they in trouble? You know, is there an issue at school? Is there an issue at work? Are they, are they dealing with, as my kids are adults, I, I think about the stress that they're under. My kids, my, my daughter-in-laws, I think about the stress that they can be under at times, and I worry. Amen, I worry about them. But Scripture says, it says this, watch this, this is so powerful. God says, don't worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear. Isn't life more. Everybody say, isn't life more? It says, isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns. Watch this. For your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? Verse 32 These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. Listen, not believers. Not believers in God's kingdom. Not believers in the purposes of God. But this dominates the thoughts of unbelievers. Amen? But your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and God will give you everything that you need. Amen. So look back at verse 25. Amen. Look back at verse 25 right there. Just a second. Verse 25 says, he tells us not to worry about everyday life. We, we do it anyways, praise God. But Jesus responds in this way. He responds in this way. Life was not given primarily for physical pleasures. Amen. But for something greater. The enjoyment of God. Are you enjoying God? Are you enjoying your relationship with God? Pastor Mike, it feels like a burden. It shouldn't. Amen. You're doing something wrong. Amen. You're, you're, you're doing something wrong. You're, you're letting things dominate your thoughts. Listen, life, Jesus responds. Life was not given primarily for the approval of man. We want to look sharp. You know, we dress. You know, my wife dressed me this morning. Okay, my wife dressed me. Hey, you're wearing this. Hey, Michael, you're going to wear this. I said, a, a, a hoodie and a jacket. That's what I said. Well, it, it's for a look. What if I get too hot? Take the jacket off, she says. But put it on for second service. Come on, somebody. Can you hear what I'm saying? <laughs> she, she's trying to help me. Okay, she's trying to help. I, I, I'm glad. I'm so grateful for it. But we, we, we think about this, the, the approval of man sometimes. But listen, life was not given primarily for the approval of man, but for something greater, the approval of God. I want God's approval in my life. I need God's approval in my heart. Life was not given primarily for living on this earth, but for something greater, eternal life with God. Somebody help me preach right here. It was given to us for eternal purposes. Not just this few 60, 80, 90 years on this earth, whatever that it is. Now look at verse 26. Look at verse 26. It's talking about... It's talking about the birds. Look at the birds. This is not a lesson of laziness. Okay? The birds, they dig their worms. The birds, they seize their bugs. And the birds, they cushion their nests with strings and leaves. But Jesus says, it's God that feeds them. Am I making sense? They're still working hard. They're still walking through the process. Amen. But they're not anxiously hoarding things for the day that God doesn't show up. Only Americans do that. No, I'm just kidding. But it's true. 
We get so worried. We get so underconfident. We get, we, we get so focused. I'm not telling you to be lazy. That's not what I'm saying. Amen. Scripture says a lazy man shouldn't eat. Praise God. But the birds that go about their work as though when the sun comes up tomorrow... God will still be God. I can still trust him. I can still trace him. I can still rely on him because he's God. He feeds the birds. God's going to help feed me. Come on, somebody. Give God a hand clap of praise in the house. Can you do it? If God is concerned about the birds, how much more then should we consider the provision of God? How much more then should I consider the mercy of God? How much more then should I consider the faithfulness of God since we're not mere birds but are children of our heavenly Father. Amen. And we have the capacity, watch this, and the responsibility of honoring God by our faith. And scripture teaches us this, that God can be counted on. Amen. Look at verse 32, so powerful. I don't have time to break down all of these things today, but just a few, just a, a few thoughts and ideas. Verse 32, the anxieties, do you see this? Anxieties can dominate us. Hey Amen, I'll come out from behind this. Can you hear what I, is this thing on? Anxieties can dominate us. Scripture says that's the life of an unbeliever. Amen. It's the life of, that's the space of an unbeliever. The anxieties, they're dominating me. And watch this, the anxieties show us we're too close to the world's thought processes and not close enough to God's. Am I making sense? I'm not criticizing you, I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to encourage you. I get the same way at times. I get into a space, I get into a frustration where the anxiety is overtaking my mind. It's overtaking the situations and turmoils that I'm going through. And Jesus said that you, you shouldn't be concerned about those things. I'm going to take care of you. And it's God's will that you not be anxious about anything, but that you and I, that we connect to peace and that we connect to security and then we connect to joy in the Holy Spirit, Scripture says. Amen. And so in and through that space, God's Holy Spirit will help you overcome whatever is making you fearful, whatever is making you anxious, whatever's making you uneasy, even this morning. He is here. His presence is here to give you peace and to give you strength and to give you encouragement and clarity. Amen. Amen. And finally, point number four. The supernatural generosity. The offerings, think about this, of Cain and Abel were polar opposites. Cain showed a proud, unbelieving heart. He brought an offering. You, you, ever, you ever brought an offering unto God, even in worship time? Even in worship time, you're, you're, you're trying to sing. You're like, I don't really know the words to the song. Don't worry about the words to the song. Just bring an offering to God. Say, God, I thank you for this day. I thank you for touching my life. I thank you for strengthening me and encouraging me. Amen. Amen. That's why we're not crazy people when we're talking to God like that. We're just focused people. I'm not crazy when I'm lifting up my hands to worship, uh, uh, worship to God. I'm just lifting my hands up because I'm grateful. I'm surrendering my life to him. I'm surrendering uh, my heart unto him. Cain had this mentality. Watch this. I'll just give whatever I want. I'll give whenever I want, and that's good enough mentality. Therefore, he, Scripture said, he and his offering were rejected. Amen. That's, that's a hard place to be. I, 
God rejected his offering. God rejected him as he came to him and said, well, I'm going to bring an offering just whenever I get to it. Amen. He didn't bring his first. He didn't bring his best. Amen. And scripture says he came frustrated. He came prideful. He came grudgingly giving. I've done it before, just kind of grudgingly. Well, I'll show up. Here I am. Here to help today, you know. Not happy about it, but I'm here, okay? Got to stay a little longer. My feet hurt. My back hurts. Now my hands hurt. The dishpan hands or something, whatever. Washed a bunch of dishes for that church event, right? Amen? And we could kind of give grudgingly. And Scripture says God rejects that moment of our worship. He rejects that offering that we're trying to give him. Am I making sense? Amen? Now watch this. This is so powerful. Pay attention to this right here. Abel comes. He comes as a sinner with a sacrifice, expressing humility, expressing sincerity. His obedience was blessed as he offered God his first and his very best unto God. That's why we encourage you to give as, 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 you, as you give. We say, hey, Scripture teaches us to give our first and to give our best, our very best unto God. Abel didn't show up way last minute. He said, God, this is the first of my flock. This is the first of my earnings. This is the first of my talent, the first of my gifts and my callings. I know a lot of people, they want to they get famous before they want to start singing in God's house. Amen. Well, let me get famous first, and then now I'll give my gift or my talent unto God. That's not what God's asking us to do. Am I making sense? Amen. And Abel, watch this, he offered in belief. Abel offered in value. God, I value this. This is the very first of all of my earnings. This is the first of my flock, but I'm going to give it to you, God. I'm going to give it to your kingdom. Amen. And then he offered in gratefulness. He gave cheerful. He gave repentant. And in every age, there, there has been two types of people or two types of worshipers, if I'm, if I'm making sense to you this morning. Cain-type generosity, okay? They're proud people. They're hardened despisers of the gospel, the gospel's method of salvation. They're attempting, watch this, to please God in ways of their own devising. I'm going to go ahead and give an offering. I'm going to go ahead and give a little time. I'm going to go ahead and give a little talent. I'm going to go ahead and give a little strength, a little instruction here, okay? But I'll do it on my own terms. I'll do it when I can. I'll, I'll do it in this kind of space, right? Or able-type generosity, which they're humble believers who draw near to God in the way that God has revealed. And Cain, watch this. You, you, you know it in Scripture. Cain indulged that malignant anger against Abel. Amen. He had an anger that was on the inside of him because God accepted Abel's offering and rejected his. So he just continued to feed that anger. Listen, anger will destroy you if you feed it. Amen. If you starve it, praise God, if you starve it, God will bless you and God will dissipate that anger out of your heart as the worship team comes. Cain harbored that evil spirit of discontent. He harbored that, that rebellion against God. And while Abel's supernatural generosity differs greatly, he considers God as his source, he considers God as his guidance, he considers God as his mercy, and he considers God as his provision. Watch this, this is so good. Abel knew that he was accountable to God and connected himself to that giving perspective. 
Listen, it doesn't matter if somebody sees me give. Hello? We had workers, we had, we had people, for instance, we had people putting together gift baskets, okay, for people who were never going to see them putting those gift baskets together. Are you hearing what I'm saying? We had people cooking at their home, cooking turkeys. Get, not only did they cook the turkey, they bought the turkey. They spiced the turkey. Come on, can you hear what I'm saying? They did all of these things in secret, and they showed it up to a place so God could get the glory. Am I making sense this morning? And in that space is the right space to live in, to, to walk in. And so Abel knew that he was accountable to God. I'm doing this for God. I'm doing it for his kingdom. I'm serving in this space for the kingdom of God. Now watch this. Cain got mad and he murdered his brother Abel in a moment of rage. He fed the anger. He fed the frustration. He fed the anxieties, and then he killed his brother. And when God confronted Cain, he, he let Cain know that Abel's blood was crying out to heaven. He said, Abel's blood is crying out to me from heaven. And what, what did the blood of, uh, of Abel cry out for? It cried out for justice. It cried out for judgment. It cried out for condemnation. It cried out for vengeance. It cried out for a curse. And thousands of years later, we see Jesus, watch this, the Son of God, literally and systematically tortured and killed in a bloody, violent act called the crucifixion or called the cross. And Hebrew tells us, the book of Hebrews tells us that the blood of Christ speaks a better word. Or it speaks a supernatural word unto us than the blood of Abel. And if the blood of Christ is speaking, what is it saying? The blood of Christ is still crying out today. Just like the blood of Abel. It's the blood of Abel, listen, this is the parallel. The blood of Abel is crying out for justice and mercy and condemnation. Watch this. But the blood of Jesus Christ is speaking. It's crying out grace. It's crying out mercy. It's crying out salvation. It's crying out healing and forgiveness and peace and provision and restoration. What side do you want to be on? What space do you want to walk in? Amen. Amen. So powerful. It cries out because the blood of Christ covers the guilty. And you understand what I'm saying to you because you're guilty. Amen. I've been guilty before. The blood of Christ, it covers the guilty. It covers the broken. It covers the wounded. Watch this. It'll shield you from the guilt. It'll shield you from the condemnation. It'll shield you from the justice. And it releases us from shame. It releases us to be healed and to walk not in despair, but to walk in the peace of God. God. Amen. Later in scripture, after Cain had killed his brother Abel, God put justice on Cain. And Cain said this in verse 13 of chapter 4. He said, the punishment God is too great for me to bear. He banished him from his family. He banished him. They, the scripture says that, that there was a mark that was put on Cain. I don't know what the mark looked like, but there was a mark that was on Cain that everybody knew, I, I shouldn't mess with him. I shouldn't mess with him. There's something that happened to him. There was a mark that was put. I don't, I don't understand it all, but it was there. And Cain, watch this. He wasn't apologetic unto God. 
Cain wasn't displaying any regard for his sin against killing his brother, his parents, or against God. Isn't it just like the devil to get you to only focus on you? To get you to forget about what you've done or what you haven't done and to just focus on you and your frustrations and your, your, and your fear. And that's what he gets, he, he focuses that on. And in Isaiah chapter 32 and verse 8, it says, but generous people plan to do what is generous and they stand firm in their generosity. It says generous people do. They, they, they plan to do what's generous and they stand for, uh-uh, I'm going to do this. I, I've got to give, to, I've got to serve in this, I've got to minister in this space. And the providence of God will reward you. If you believe that, can you give him a hand clap of praise? You, you believe that? The providence of God. God will reward you in your giving. He'll reward you in your offering. He'll reward you in your worship. He'll reward you in your prayer time. He'll reward you as you're reading devotions, you're reading the scripture, and you're giving him time in your day. Amen. The grace of God will give us abundance. The grace of God will give us satisfaction and confirm peace. And what distresses and frightens others shall not disturb the generous because our heart is secured. Amen. Our heart's secured. That's God's way. Our tithing, our giving, our offerings, our service, our worship, our compassion for others is all tied unto our hearts. Amen. Will you stand with me all over the building this morning? Will you bow your heads with me just for a moment? God, I thank you today, Father. For your generous heart, God, I thank you today, God, for the gift of your son, Jesus Christ. God, the scripture says a gift too indescribable for words. We're so thankful today, God, for your love. And we're so thankful today, God, for your salvation. We're so thankful today, God, for your grace, God. And the reason, God, we give is because you gave. The reason that we serve, God, is because you serve. And the reason, God, that we worship, God, is because you're worthy of the worship, God. We're so faithful, God. We're so grateful today, God, to be able to lift up your great name and your powerful name, God. We ask you today, God, to touch every heart, God. Give us the heart, God, of supernatural generosity, God, that we can grow your kingdom, God. God, that we can grow your influence. God, that we can grow your glory, God, in every action, thought, deed, or word of ours, God. We're going to thank you and we're going to bless you. We're going to praise you for it. In Christ's name. You say this morning, Pastor Mike, I've been living under an anxious spirit. Not a generous one. I need God to do a work in my heart. What's the Holy Spirit saying to you right now, Pastor, I need God to do a work in my heart. I want to be generous toward my children. I want to be generous toward my children's children. I want to be generous, God, to those around and about me. I want to be generous to my neighbors, God. I want to be generous even unto my enemies, God. I ask you today, God, to help us today, Father God, as you're dealing with issues of the heart, issues of the mind, issues of the spirit, God, we're so thankful, God, for your presence that's in this house, God. We're going to bless you. We're going to praise you for it. 
Christ's wonderful and powerful name. If that's you this morning, you say, Pastor, I've been dealing with a spirit of anxiety. As every head is bowed for just a moment, every eye is closed, just you and God. Just you and God for just a second. You say, Pastor, I've been living in an anxious spirit. I've got all these worries. I've got all these fears coming up on me. Instead of living in a generous mind and a generous heart like God would want me to, I've been living in the, in the anxieties of this world, the anxieties of this culture. Can I just see your hand this morning? That's me, Pastor. That's me. That's me. That's me. Hands all over the building. Listen, the peace of God, the peace of God, Scripture says the peace of God shall overtake your hearts and shall overtake your minds in and through Jesus Christ. With every hand lifted all over the building. Come on, everybody do this with me. Everybody do this with me. Just It's a universal sign of surrender. Come on. Put your hands up in the air this morning. And I want you to sing. We're going to worship for just a moment. But I want you to declare unto God, God, I surrender everything, God. I surrender everything, God. Lord, I give you, God, everything today, God. I ask you today to help me be generous. I ask you today, God, to help me, God, live the heart of a generous life, God, to live that life of God, that life of Christ, God, on the inside of me. God, I see, God, needs all around me, God, people that need me, people that need my heart, people that need my giving, my, my time, my talent, my treasure, God, into your kingdom, God. And I ask you today, God, to give me a generous heart, a generous spirit. Can we worship for just a second? Just leave those hands slipped up unto God this morning. God is pleased this morning. Heaven is pleased this morning at your sincere heart. You bring an offering unto God. You bring a worship unto God. You bring a, a, a talent unto God and you give it unto His kingdom. Come on, sing this for just a moment.